Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Rick Thomas. I am glad that you are here. Life Over Coffee is the podcast where we deal with subjects that are applicable to all of us, and I have one for you today. This is episode 154. The title of the podcast is The Tricky Contours of Sermon Application. When you hear a sermon, it is your responsibility to make any appropriate application of that message to your life. So far, so good. But here's the question. What if you're not sure if the sermon was for you? How about this? How do you know if you're listening correctly? The deal is, is that we're all imperfect people. And because of that, we listen imperfectly. And this reality about our fallenness could cause problems in how we, one, hear, two, process, three, apply the messages from our local churches to our lives. And so in this podcast, I'm going to walk through some of those pitfalls. I'm going to come at it from a multi-perspective angle. Episode 154, The Tricky Contours of Sermon Application. Again, if you want to interact with this, or perhaps you've got something else on your mind, you're welcome to come to us because we are an interactive ministry and we will interact with whatever it is that's going on in your personal life, your relational life, a situational difficulty that you may have. Please let us know. If you want to read the show notes to episode 154, you can do that. It is here in our Life Over Coffee series. You can read everything that I'm going to share with you. also have some articles here where you can do a deeper dive if you wish, and you're welcome to read extensively on this idea about sermon application, the Bible, your church, and so forth. So let me start this. The first angle that I'm going to take is I want to set this up by talking about the three types of hearers that make up every congregation. It doesn't matter the size of the congregation, <laughs> if it's 10 people or 10,000 people. There's, a, there's three different demographics within uh, that congregation. It also applies to podcasts and bloggers, those who write articles. There's three people groups primarily that are listening or reading to what you are presenting. And it is important. Perhaps you want to make a mental note of this. You want to be aware of these people and make sure that as you craft your messages, your podcasts, your articles, that you keep these people in mind because they are there. The first group in no particular order is what I call the sensitive, insecure, over-appliers. This deals with fear. It's those people who think the message is always for them, or they think they may think the message is about them, even when it is not. These are the insecure people, fear-centered people who just struggle this way, and they will overhear a message. They will over-apply a message. A couple of things that I would want them to know is, one, it would be important that you have somebody that you can talk to on a weekly basis to help you to be able to work through the sermon that you're listening to because you don't want to fall into that ditch of overhearing, over-applying. So if you have a friend who understands this problem that you have and they're able to walk you through it, that would be crucial for you on a week-in, week-out basis, 
a very practical matter. The second thing that I would uh, say to you is that you need to get some long-term help so that you can overcome this habituation of fear that you have because you just don't want to be this way. And you want to work through whatever the underlying issues are in your life that that cause you to be this way. So on a practical week-to-week basis, you want to have a friend that you can work through the sermons with to make sure that you're hearing correctly. And then on a long-term basis, you want to get some help so that you don't always be an overhearer and an over-applier. So that's the first group that you will have in any congregation. The second group is what I call the wise and discerning listeners those who can hear a message and make appropriate application to their lives. They can take the knowledge that is coming forth from the pulpit, and they can apply that knowledge to their life, and that's a basic definition of wisdom right there, knowledge applied. They won't overhear or underhear. They will hear exactly what God wants them to hear, and they know how to uh, make those applications. And so that is the wise and discerning listener. And then the third group, You probably have already guessed these are the dull people, hard-hearted people, hard hearers. They are dull of hearing. They do not make biblical application uh, of the message to their lives. Perhaps their consciences are seared. Perhaps they're unregenerate. There could be different reasons for this, but whatever the reason is, the messages are like water on a duck's back. It just rolls right off. You'll have some people that will overhear virtually everything. You'll have the this other group. They won't hear anything. And where we want to be is this sweet spot right in the middle where we hear the message and we make that application and we continuing to grow and transform into Christ-likeness. So those are the three types of hearers in any given congregation. Now, the question that I want to interact with now is, let's say that you hear a message and you disagree with it. Is it okay to disagree with a sermon? I hope so. I think that it would be, I know it would be impossible to agree with every aspect of every message that you hear. If you do agree with everything that you hear, you're naive for one immature for two, and you're weak in the area of discernment and wisdom. It's not wrong to disagree. In fact, disagreement should be something that it should be a priority. It should be a plank on your platform because it's you can't get around it. You would have to be perfect. Everybody would have to be perfect in order to not disagree. And so the issue is less about disagreeing, and it's more about criticizing, and that's where I want to make a distinction. There's a difference between disagreeing with a message and being critical of one. Disagreement should be rational, like sound mind. It should be constructive in that it builds up, doesn't tear down. And it should be clarifying. It, it should bring more clarity to what you didn't understand previously when two people come together and they are disagreeing on a subject matter. It's the difference between you know talking through something versus being unedifying and harsh and, and having a critical spirit. Criticalness connotes a different kind of spirit. 
The critical person is not seeking to be redemptive, a synonym for uplifting, upbuilding, edification. But the critical person is not seeking to be redemptive in his speech, but is primarily about tearing down the message and the messenger. And so what you want to understand the best that you can is the motive of the individual's heart. Disagreement has a motive of trying to understand. Criticalness has a motive of being divisive. Disagreeing is so important. It's something that we talk about. I've talked to Lucia about in our marriage for years. I never want a clone of myself. If, if, if I have a, as I told her a long time ago, if, you, if you're going to agree with everything that I say, you're really, you're not needed. And I mean it in the context in which I'm talking about here. Of course, she's always needed. But I need somebody with a different perspective. I need somebody who hears things differently. I need people who can add to me, not people who rubber stamp me. And part of that is disagreeing. And so disagreeing does not have to be a bad word. Now, if she was critical of me or I was critical of her, that would be a whole other perspective. And this is also what we teach our children. I want them to have their own opinion. I want them to have their own perspective. I don't want them to salute the flag, my flag, on everything that I say. That's authoritarian, and it's not constructive to growth. In fact, it hinders growth. It it quashes growth, and so you don't want that. And so what you're trying to discern here is, uh, am I disagreeing or am I being critical? Those are two different things. One of them is acceptable permissible, should be pursued, should be encouraged, and the other you really can't have at all. But then if you do disagree with the sermon that you hear, then some people have, this is one of the questions that was asked, what if I can't disagree? Well, if your church doesn't provide the grace to disagree with what you're hearing it would be a considerable problem. For example, the people who over-apply messages, they do need somebody that they can talk to, somebody who's willing to help them make appropriate application. And if you don't have a context to do that within your local church, you probably have a—it's an authoritarian-type church that frowns on any discussion that appears to go against the authority. Now, there is an ironic twist to this kind of church environment. The irony is the church that doesn't encourage open discussions on areas in which they disagree, they tempt their congregants to go elsewhere— to find answers for things in which they are struggling. Move it into your family and and think about it this way. Let's say that you have an authoritarian parent or authoritarian parents, and your parents quash the children from discussing, discussing issues that are important to them. If the authoritarian parent does this, guess what? The children are going to go somewhere else to find answers. They're not going to stop talking because you said that we're not going to discuss this. 
they will just merely go someone else go somewhere else and that is the irony in a church culture that doesn't encourage open discussions on areas in which they disagree god made people to be part of a community but if the communal discussions especially on matters where they disagree or are not valued that group will always experience fractures I hope you don't have a home like this. I hope you're not an angry parent that shuts down conversation or an authoritarian parent that shuts down con- uh, 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 conversation. Because guess what? If you think that conversation is going to stop, you're naive, you're delusional, you're grossly misinformed, you're not going to shut it down. They're going to go and they're going to find answers. And because you didn't provide the context for your children to disagree with you, to bring their perspective to you because you didn't value it, they will go somewhere else. When people have problems, they need to be free to share those concerns. Our dinner table is one of the historical contexts where we talk about matters that affect the entire family. We encourage discussions that have different viewpoints. And I've said some version of this often to my children. I don't want you to answer in the way that you expect me to, or or the way that you expect me to answer. I want to hear what you have to say. It's also how we do counseling. It's how I teach my mastermind students. When you're talking to somebody, you're not trying to make them parrot what you want them to say. In fact, you're not even looking for truth in the most tight sense of truth. What you're looking for is their perspective. You want to hear them. You want to create context that allows them to share exactly what they are thinking. Or you can hopefully come together on truth and what truth is at some point in the future. But you want to create a culture of grace to where people can disagree. And so if you can't disagree within your church environment, you do have a problem. And it could be that you might not need to be at that local church. This is episode 154, The Tricky Contours of Sermon Application. The first point that I talked about are the three types of hearers. We have the sensitive people, the wise and discerning people, and the dull and and hard-hearted people. And then I talked about the difference between disagreeing and criticizing and being critical. You don't want to be critical, but it's okay to disagree. Then I talked about third point, what if you can't disagree? Well, that would be a considerable problem because disagreement is actually healthy and you want to be in context where you can bring different opinions to different perspectives to the table. And then my fourth point here is, what if you never agree? Well, that is possible as well. You could be in a situation to where, this is how we say it, we agree to disagree. In fact, more than likely, virtually, well, I would say with every relationship that you're ever going to have, there are going to be points where you are not going to agree. Because you're not going to have a doppelganger. You're not going to have a clone where they believe exactly the way you believe on all matters. And so 
this idea of never agreeing on a particular issue is an important issue, and you need to come to terms with it. And I have three points that I want to bring out about this idea of never agreeing. Point number one, are the points of disagreement about primary doctrines? I mean, critical doctrines of the church, theology, Christology, pneumatology, eschatology, ecclesiology are primary doctrines of the church, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of the Spirit, the doctrine of the church, the doctrine of end times, the doctrine of sin. Those are primary doctrines, and you need to know what you believe about them. Now, depending on the doctrine and depending on the point of disagreement, you may have to separate. It is possible for uh, people with conflicting doctrines to be a part of the same church. In fact, I imagine every church has people that disagree on primary doctrines, but it's not a point of division. It could be, and, and it doesn't have to be. It just depends. Now, if you've got a, a particular issue about this with your local church, then if you want to talk about it, please come to our forums and, and lay it out, and let's get into it, and let's talk about it. And if we can help you through that, that would be, that would be helpful. That would be great. We'd love to do it. Point number one, what if you never agree is the heading. The point is, are the points of disagreement about primary doctrines? Well, my answer is dependent on the doctrine. You may have to separate. It just depends, and we would need to talk about it. Number two, do you disagree on the gospel? Well, Paul had a very clear message for those who disagree on the gospel. There's no deviation here. If a person is preaching a different gospel than what Paul taught, you must separate. You must leave. You can read Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, about this idea of preaching a different gospel. And Paul had some super strong language for people who preached a different gospel. And so if it's points of disagreement on primary doctrines, it would depend on what it is as to whether you stay or separate. If you disagree on the gospel, if a person is preaching a different gospel, then you must separate. And then the third point here, and this is where almost all disagreements are. The points of disagreement are about preferences and style. They're not doctrinal issues. They're not about the gospel. Most disputes in church life are about secondary issues or matters of preference. And there are gradations here. We talk about, or you've heard the illustration about the church carpet or whether we have pews or, or metal chairs, folding chairs or whatever. Those, those are on the lower end of the gradation. But there are other preferences as well. And you hear about you know, children's ministry or the style, the preaching style or the style of the worship service, there are all kinds of secondary issues and matters of preference. How they do sanctification, discipleship, is it a counseling center? Is it a discipleship community? Is it a preaching center? Those are all stylistic and preferential points. In these cases, which I imagine makes up about 97 to 98% of all disagreements within the church. Secondary issues, matters of preferences. You have two options if you can't agree on your preferences. Number one, 
You can agree to disagree and continue serving together, recognizing your differences, but not being divisive about them. You just agree to disagree and you continue to serve together. This is the best case scenario, but it doesn't have to be the only scenario. You're not going to come together on this matter. Now, I imagine, well, I mean, everybody, the truth is, everybody that's in the church and they're in unity with each other, they agree to disagree on something. They do not agree on every matter, and that is a good thing, and they're not divisive about it. The second point, you can agree to disagree, but you must leave the church because your preferences are that important to you. Now, sometimes it can be that way. Now, I don't know what it would be for you, but if you do have an issue like this and you want to talk about it, we would love to chat with you about it because it is important. You'll know if your preferences are that vital by how you talk about your differences among others. Now, I, I have had this conversation scores of times just in the last few years where people come to me and they ask me, it's a preferential matter, and they want my opinion of it, which is fine. I'll share my opinion. They share their opinion, and this is what I tell them. It's like you have two options here. You don't have to agree with the other opinion, but you can't be divisive about the two different opinions. And so if you can't get over it, if you can't work through it, I'm not saying that you have to go lockstep with what the other person or people believe. You can still hold on to your preference, but the way that you would test yourself to know that you can be part of this local body is about how you talk about your differences among others. For example, if you have a critical spirit, you either need to repent or get out of that environment. If you don't, if you have a critical spirit and you don't repent for whatever reason, and you stay in that environment, here's what's going to happen. A root of bitterness will begin to take shape in your heart. And once that happens, you're in a very bad spot. And so what you have to do is change your attitude about your different opinion that the other person or the other people have. And if you can't change your attitude for whatever reason, you probably are going to need to leave because if you don't change your attitude toward the other person or the other people, you're going to have a critical spirit and you're going to become bitter. I like what Paul said in Philippians 1, 15 through 18. He said, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then, Paul asked, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. 
This is why I say imperative. The ultimate question that you have to answer is that, is the church preaching the gospel, the clear, unadulterated gospel? Paul said, as long as Christ is proclaimed, I rejoice. He doesn't agree with those who preach from selfish ambition, not sincerely, those who want to inflict him in his imprisonment. He doesn't agree with that, but he can still rejoice. And that's the operative word. Can you rejoice? If the gospel's being proclaimed, can you rejoice even though you disagree with how the church has certain secondary preferences, things that are important to you? If you can't overlook it, if you can't walk in step with that, if you begin to have a critical spirit, you will stay too long. And if you stay too long, a root of bitterness will begin to take shape in your heart, and that will become a huge problem. And so number one are the points of disagreement about primary doctrines. Depending on the doctrine, you may need to separate. Point number two, do you agree? Do you disagree on the gospel? If a person is preaching a different gospel than what Paul taught, you must separate. Point number three, where virtually all of our disagreements are, is on preferences and style. Well, then you can agree to disagree and continue to serve together, recognizing your differences but not being divisive about them. Or you can agree to disagree, but you must leave the church because your preferences are that important to you. Now, I want to speak to one more issue here in this podcast. This is episode 154, The Tricky Contours of Sermon Application. And I want to take this last angle from when a struggler comes to you. There'll be times when a person will come to you with their disagreements about their church or disagreements about their church leadership. It is okay to listen to them as long as you're not permitting them to be disrespectful, angry, or divisive. Some people hold the view that you can't talk about anybody outside of their awareness, which is just foolish. It's naive and it's unwise because the truth is we talk about people all the time. And it's not so much about the fact of talking about people, but it's how you talk about them. And so when someone comes to you with a problem, you want to listen. My children do that all the time. They come to me with a problem that they're having. Usually that problem has to do with someone else. I want to listen to their problem. I want to hear what they have to say. But I also want to make sure of how they are talking about the other person. And so I permit them to speak, but not in a disrespectful or divisive way. And so your goal ultimately is to get the person who comes to you to meet with the individual with whom they disagree. Now, sometimes you will be successful with this. Other times you want. There are complicating factors that are involved here. Let me give you an illustration. If a congregate comes to you and the pastor is abusive, you're not going to send that person back to the abusive pastor. So you want to be careful here. You want to use wisdom. Ultimately, the goal is for you to send the person who came to you back to the person that they're having a struggle with so they can work it out, and perhaps you can be part of that process to help work it out. But I do realize that each situation is different, and so you want to work through that uh, with wisdom. There can be co complex reasons why the two do not meet. But if the struggling person cannot be at peace, However you work it out as you work through the process and they can't be at peace with the other individual in the church or with the church itself, it could be 
that they may need to leave. Romans 12, 18 says it this way, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. This is episode 154, The Tricky Contours of Sermon Application, Three Types of Hearers, Sensitive, Wise, Dull. Do you disagree or do you criticize? Make sure that you know the difference. One of them is permissible. One of them is not. What if you can't disagree? Well, you have a considerable problem there. You want to make sure that you live and function in an environment that is conducive to disagreement and that you have these open discussions with one another. What if you never agree? Uh, (laughs) What if you never agree? It depends. Is it doctrinal, primary doctrines, depending on the doctrine and the issue at hand? Is it about the gospel? There's only one. Or is it preferential issues, which most things are? You want to guard against a root of bitterness. You want to guard against a critical spirit. You want to always strive to agree to disagree on those issues. And when a struggler comes to you, you want to try to get them with the other person that they're disagreeing with. But I understand, again, that that can be complex. And so you want to work through that with wisdom. If you want to talk about any of this, please come to us. It would be a joy to serve you. We'll answer your questions as best we can. Come to our website, rickthomas.net. Thanks so much for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.